Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with my Ryan and I'm sorry. Excuse me. My mind, mine got messed up with uh, Mara and Brian. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in His flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the Mystic. Welcome, my friends, to You Are Okay. We're so pleased that you could join us here today. On the other line is Brian. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. And I can understand the uh, mind getting mixed up there, Mara, with this time change. <laughs> it's always a little bit, <laughs> takes a little time getting used to. <laughs> it certainly does for me. I don't know. I was definitely in a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, we are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He sent us, will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes, knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as Him teach us to heal. Boy, did we need oh. that this morning, don't we? Oh, yes. Why do we monkey with the clock? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Golly. I can't speak for the rest of you, but thank goodness for Brian calling me this morning, or I'd probably still be dozing, even though I tried to set the clocks ahead. Obviously, I failed. And, <laughs> you know, oh, guy. Oh, goodness, goodness. I have this switch on my clock that says daylight savings time, so I thought if I just push that, it would automatically change. Wrong. I guess if you push it off, then it goes back to the real time is what it is. It takes an hour off automatically, but it doesn't add one on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Golly. You know, folks, I really, really love um, the um, prayer, the implicate, or the uh I don't want to use prayer because I don't know why, but I'm finding next week we're going to talk a bit about prayer. And um, too many people wrap prayer up in, with what they understand it to be from someone having talked to them from the pulpit. And um, you have to remember, friends, um, there are many, many, many good people in churches, but there are just as many people who are good and worthy and loved by God outside churches. And uh, everything that we hear in a church is designed to cause us to, to make an us and them choice and to decide that that's the place we want to be because they have the people that we want to be with. And if we go be with those people, then we're going to be like those people and we're going to be those people. And in becoming those people, we become enough, worthwhile, worthy. And let me tell you right now, you don't need to go to any church. You don't need to read a book. You don't need to buy, go off and buy a tape. You don't have to do anything. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're loved by God. And God will heal us. God will heal us. And this has been a remarkable week for me because a dear, dear friend is, is in emotional pain and asking so many questions that perhaps are asked so often. And I guess... For me, uh, I've always known that there was a God. And so it's very, I, I really have to reach inside of myself to open myself up and hear my guides when um, there's someone who's questioning whether there's God. Because for me, it's like, <sighs> did you hear that? Could you guys understand what I was doing? I was going, <laughs> it's like, hello, <laughs> you know? But then I have God whispering in my ear. I can close my eyes and I get messages from God. When I woke up this morning, uh, I woke up, uh, I actually woke up one time before Brian called. I'm so glad he called. The, the alarms failed. Um, but 
I had um, I woke up to run in and check the computer to see what time it really was. But then because I still had 15 minutes to sleep, oh, my gosh, I thought I gave that habit up when I was a teenager. I went back to lay down. And as I laid down and I closed my eyes, I saw this crystalline, crystalline lake in front of me, just beautiful, reflecting the beauty of the day, the light, just perfect, no ripples. And that lake fed into a beautiful river, and the river was flowing but just no ripples, just moving. Like a sheet of glass moving forward. And it came to a waterfall, and it moved down the waterfall in sheets of glass, no ripples. And then the voice in my ear was telling me, this is your life. You're safe. Be comfortable. And I wonder how many times the chaos that we have in our lives is a product of us not being able to do those few words that Brian reads every time. And and how much of our disbelief in God arises from our, our not being able to connect with the words that I read every time and so I'm going to ask Brian to restate he probably doesn't read his ask him to restate what he says at the start of every program and this time my friend I'm going to invite you to pull those words into you and hear them and imagine just for today what the day would be like if you could live by those words Brian, if you would. Of course. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Wow. And I just want to mention a few things in that, because Please. that contains so much in within it, so much truth. And it holds, if we hold with us the understanding that we are connected to God, that we are never separated from God, and God cares for itself, we are a part of God. And so we will always be taken care of. We will never be led astray. And although we can believe in the idea of separation, the idea that I'm better than you, or you're better than me, or so on and so forth, though we believe in these things, and we might witness them in our world, it is not true because we are always cared for by God and because God is all things, we are all equal within God. And so when we can recognize that, and I think this prayer does that beautifully, realizing that all of our worries and all of our fears and all of our discontentment can be handled by just realizing that if we just quiet ourselves, and go within and hear messages from God like you got today. Beautiful story. It puts us at ease and shows that we're never alone and we don't have to fend for ourselves and make it all happen, but rather that we are greatly cared for and we get the life of our dreams if we allow it. And when I say that, the life of our dreams is better than we can ever imagine. Like, for instance, with me, if I... Were to, if I told you that I would be doing radio a year ago, or if someone told me that I'd be doing radio a year ago, I would have told them that they were crazy, and that's not for me. But yet here I am, having a glorious, fantastic time, 
better than I ever would have imagined it would have been. And it was just me showing the willingness to say, okay, this is where I will go. And then here I am. Yes, yes, here you are. And that is so true, my friends. You know, um, my daughter gave me the... um, the Hicks, The Law of Attraction book, uh, the Abraham uh, book. And um, I thought, gee, why not? You know, I was in a situation where I was feeling the pressures of the world around me. And the thing is, when you're a bit empathic, when you walk into a room, believe me, I don't read everybody's minds. I don't want people to think that out there. I don't. My friends, I don't read your minds. Maybe on occasion I do, though. I'm not going to lie to you and say I never feel what's in your mind because I do at times, and that would be a lie. And in those days, um, when my daughter gave me the book, I was uh, in an environment, at, both at home and at work, where I could not seem to do anything right, even though I was doing everything I was doing. And so pretty soon I was all trapped and caught up in the feelings of not being enough even though every part of me knows all of you are enough, I still am vulnerable to the same feelings of inadequacy that everyone else had. And so I was scrambling to try to be enough for these two people. And my daughter gave me the law of attraction. And I read the book really quickly, and I loved it so much that I began writing in the book, because it suggests you run a journal about the things that you want to manifest in your life. And my friend, my life right now is a true reflection of how I changed my thoughts. How, of how I thought, in Neil Donald Walsh's terms, I thought again. Of what Brian said to us a couple weeks ago and we talked about last week, we'll probably be talking about forever, um, is the idea is if you're, don't be depressed if you're not. Don't, don't use words that give energy to concepts that that you don't want to invite into your life. And he was talking about money, but it works the same way emotionally. I mean, don't don't give breath to these negative downtrodden type concepts. And and so as I wrote in my journal, the things that I was going to manifest in my life, they've all come true. And this morning I've had a manifestation both personally that my life is safe but also from uh, a friend sent me an email because he woke up with a dream about me. And if that dream comes true, then my final, final, the final thing that I had, manif- I had manifested would have occurred. But that doesn't mean that I'm not still manifesting. I'm manifesting being the best person I can be, which is what that passage that Brian gives us is about to me. Being the best person I can be. I am not perfect. I make mistakes because I am a person. I am a human being. I'm a divine being in a human form. And uh, the human form is far stronger. That's what free will is, my friends. The human form is far stronger than the divine being until the human form remembers the joy, the peace of being with God all the time. But my friends, when you're thinking about judging someone, look at that person as God's creature. For heaven's sakes, think of this as one body. Jesus told us that. I know that it's been manipulated in some Bibles, but Jesus told us, and we are the body and the body is one, my friends. He's a messenger like Brian and I, as well as a hugely, hugely miraculous being. A beautiful blinding light of love. We are of the body, and the body is one. Now, for just a second, look at your body. Look at your body. And no, I've been a public speaker forever, and I said I want to talk to people. I manifested. I want to talk to people around the world about how much God loves them, and I'm on the radio, and yes, this is a good forum for me. That's my manifestation. Look at your body. I'm pointing my finger at each one of you out there. Take a good gander. Now, I want you to send us in our little message room here which part of your body you're willing to sacrifice. We're going to chop off a toe, a finger, your nose. I don't care. Which part of your body are you going to sacrifice? 
I'm feeling. What? What? What a crazy thought. Then why would we expect our father, our mother, the divine one, the creator of all things, to sacrifice any of us? Now, there is some part of him that is being sacrificed, but it's not by his acts, it's by ours, and that's nature. I sent a friend some pictures of God last night, and they were all pictures of nature, where I just captured the energy of the moment. But we are not handling that present very well, taking care of our environment, despite the fact that we were admonished to in the Old Testament, I think, Hurt not the heavens or the earth. But we do. We do. And that's part of God, too. If you do a, a, an elemental study of everything, whether it's a rock or it's you, we come up with the same elements. What does that tell you? We are with the body, and the body is one. And so when I say, in the valley... On the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amid the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Thanks to Brian's beautiful explanation of his reading, or his, I don't think he reads it, but his uh, supplication, we then are able to see the full idea that we are all parts of God. Everything is a part of God. And how we see things influences what things there are to see. And we as a species have evolved a long way. And I have to tell you, while I was waiting for um, my cream of wheat to cook, uh, I'm on this diet and this is cream of wheat day. And while I was waiting for my cream of wheat to cook, I happened to look at the headlines, Brian. I didn't admit that was part of the reason that I have this bowl of cream of wheat that I'm quietly trying to eat beside me. And a headline just captured me. I had to go read it. Because Hillary Clinton was talking with regular people about being a woman. About being a woman of uh, in, the, in the forefront of the press, but nevertheless being a woman. And as I was reading the story, I came to know that she had a similar that she's done uh, town meetings in places, and I love it. I love she is finally humanizing being American. I heard somebody say the other day, if being American was so bad, why does everybody want to come here? I had to laugh. I don't. People were laughing. They took that as serious, but I thought it was a funny joke. But, but it's true. I don't think it's a joke. And in, in it's just like it's such a truth that you giggle at the thought that wow. And you know, but we don't seem very kind around the world. We don't seem very kind around the world. And Brian's. Um, Ah, I finally have come across the right word, invocation. There we go. Brian's invocation inspires us to be kind with one another, to one another. Today's topic is uh, a little bit of kindness will change the world. Brian and I are going to talk about the domino theory of love. We've already begun. And Brian, I'm going to let you talk for a few minutes. Well, I think the something I've really been coming across recently is that spirituality and all the different concepts that we talk about and maybe all the different unique ways of viewing life that at first I know that I experienced when I came across it and, you know, the ideas of change your thoughts and the way you see things will change and all these different ideas that are so mind-blowing at the beginning, if you will, 
And then I realized that they have to become practicalized and they have to become a real thing that you live by, not just a nice little saying or something that sounds good, but it has to become an actual thing that you become in your daily life. And so I think the topic today is a fantastic one because it's it's basically the pay it forward idea because love, God, the universe, which are all the same thing, is expanding. It's always expanding. It's been expanding since, quote, time began. And it's never going to stop expanding because the expansion of the universe, the expansion of God, the expansion of love is taking place when you care about something. And there's always someone caring about something, even if it's just a mother caring for her child. When you care for something and you deeply care for it, that's an expression of love. And that expands out. And so as you have an object of your affection, if you will, whether it be a mate, whether it be a plant that you appreciate and you care for it and you send out this love that connects the two, then not only do you feel that love, but the object of your affection feels that love as well. And in that connection, love expands. And I've come to realize that one thing cannot love itself because love is, that's all it is. It has to recognize love in another and therefore send that love out to the other to then actualize the love, to feel it within that of itself. And so everything in our lives is a wonderful opportunity to have the domino effect of love and to change the world into a more loving and kind one by just appreciating, having gratitude for, and sending that out to whatever the object that is in your attention at that moment. And as simple as that, I mean, it could simply be your phone. It could simply be your, uh, a pool in your backyard. It can simply be whatever. Anything that you appreciate, that you're so thankful that's in your life, or that you can simply view it. You might be walking in the wilderness or walking in the local park, and just see all the beautiful trees and appreciate the trees. Every time that we partake in appreciation, wherever we find it, it is expanding that love, and it's making it that much easier to see in all things, because again, it expands in our awareness. Whatever we give our attention to expands. And so if we're just walking around all the time saying, I want to feel better, and the only way I can feel better is to pass it on to someone else, And so then we go out and we look to share with another, whether it it just be a smile. We just pass that along with love, knowing that not only does it help the other, but it helps ourselves. Everyone benefits from that act. And as we do that, it becomes that much easier in our lives. And we don't have to look for it all, all the time. It's just there. It's just what we begin to realize. And this is something that we can all do. You know, it doesn't take giant feats of change to change the world, but rather it takes millions and billions of little changes to affect the world greatly. Yes, yes, it does. I I am in agreement. And I think that uh, you've had some kind of very big concepts inside your discussion that I would like to talk with people about a little, little bit too. One of them is that love could not love itself. And, and, and you know what, that in itself may speak to the difficulty that we as human beings have in loving ourselves. And if you'll remember, those of you who are followers of the program, the vase theory that's part of the Kabbalah training I had, which was that God, in order to experience love, remember, friends, you have to experience the opposite. He broke himself, or she broke herself, into a million pieces. I don't care about pronouns. Please don't be offended by my choices. But broke through the vase down and broke it into a million pieces, and now our journey is back to remembering that we're part of a vase. I mean, that's it. It's all about remembering we're part of a vase. But we have the same same problem in that, for some reason, we have created the idea that it's wrong to love yourself. It's conceited. I actually was asked that when I said to my friend, you need to love yourself. You need to love yourself before you can fully, really love others. And it's like, well, isn't that conceited? And I'm thinking, no, 
No, but we've been taught that, haven't we? That if we take care of ourselves and we believe in the value of ourselves, that somehow we're being conceited, that we're focusing in the wrong direction. But what you give, and then that brings me to the second thing that Brian said, that I, many things you said there, Brian, but these two grabbed my attention. And without a pen, too, is about all I can do. This time change has got me so out of whack. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, the <laughs> So the second one that he said that really grabbed my attention was the idea that we can, uh, what we give our attention to becomes the reality in our lives. To me, that is the most perfect statement, perfect statement of manifestation what we give our attention to. And my friend, so much of what we give our attention to is in the past. It's done, or it's to morbid thoughts, negative thoughts, that expands the negative energy, or it's to justifying behavior that was less than acceptable. Do you know what? You don't have to justify it when you make a mistake and you know when you do. You feel it in your gut. It doesn't feel right around your your heart. You get a clutchy feeling in your throat. Any or all of those things are signs that whatever you're doing isn't the right thing for you. And at that point, at that point, it is better to stop and say, What lesson is there in this for me? Accept your responsibility and move on. Loving yourself doesn't mean that you don't look at yourself, but it also doesn't mean that you dissect yourself into teeny tiny little morsels of negative. That the only thing you see about yourself is bad. You're just bad. You know what, friends? We're all good. We don't always engage in good conduct. In fact, I would be happy to see any soul out there who has always engaged in good conduct. Let's let's talk about Jesus. So many people are with Jesus this morning. Let's talk about Jesus. Do you think that Jesus, after he walked away from the synagogue, was real excited that he had gone out and pushed around the moneylenders? Not. That doesn't even reflect at all the conduct that Jesus engaged in. It is in sharp contrast to all the love that he exuded from his very being. But did he let it stop him and and make him a warmonger? Although some say he was a revolutionary in those times. Did that let him stop him in his mission of showing love? No. I mean, you know, friends, that the Bible was written 60 years after Jesus died by people, many of whom may not have been there. But... Did that change the story of love that they wrote about the man? No. But he could have allowed himself to get trapped in his mistake. Perhaps the only mistake we know that he made in terms of acting in love, leading with love, being first in love. But he didn't. Because he recognized that God is not judging us by our choices that we've made in the past and is not going to judge us by our choices we make in the future. There is no judgment in God. That is what judge not, saith the Lord, means. Woo! Judge not. Judge not yourself, judge not others. Now, of course, man, when they were writing that book, had to add in judgment is God's. God doesn't have any judgment of us, my friends. We're God. We are parts of God experiencing life. And that's a big apple for many people to take. And they say, that's that's a big bite. It's like I'm asking people to eat the whole apple. I'm not. You don't have to believe that for a minute. You don't have to love yourself. You can go on judging yourself and others. But look at where you're putting your attention. Look at what you're focusing on. Let's do a little existentialism. Let's little do a little Jean-Paul Sartre or Camus. So what if you aren't God? 
if you believe that you are a part of God, doesn't that change your construct about how you're supposed to act? Because God is love. So then the challenge becomes in your life, leading with love. Then suppose you're wrong. And when you come to the end, the story about having somebody there with the book of deeds to check you, check off and judge you and where you're going to go, where are you going to go if you've lived in love? As the existentialists say, how can it hurt? It's all about your own internal compass and morality, my friends. But I guess I'm here to say to you, whether you believe as I believe or as Brian believes and believe we're all connected, or you don't, what matters is what Brian said, where you put your attention, how you define your moment, whether you believe that if each one of us reaching out to others in love with outstretched arms, inviting people in and reaffirming their value, sometimes looking really hard for something positive to say and being left with nothing but peace be with you. Sidestepping opportunities to be angry in order to be at peace. How can it harm you? How can it harm you? And if each person, if you treat five people, if you treat one person, let's go down to the bare basics. You treat one person with kindness today. And that one person treats one person. And that person treats one person. There will come a time when kindness will be the norm. And our construct of each other grounded in negative differences designed to justify our being superior instead of equal and enough would change. Brian, I'm going to um, go back to you. I've lost the switchboard, so I have a mess- an error message. Yes. Let me find it. Well, I think what you were talking about is fantastic and how it really does come down to simply Starting at basics, you know, it doesn't take going right to the end and loving everything you see all the time without change, but rather because we have partaken in activities that have now become habits, that we can see the negative or we can feel agitated or we can be depressed because of things that are happening, or we can simply start to decide to change that by saying, I want to live a much happier life. So I'm going to start focusing on the good things in life. And then we just start simply. So if you're if if you're listening on on this radio show right now, then you're you have a computer that you're listening through. And that's a wonderful thing to be thankful for. And then if you have the computer, you've probably got power coming to that to wherever that is that you are at, listening to this, uh, listening to this show on your computer, and if that's in a home, then you've got a home to listen to while sitting at your computer while listening to the show, and so on and so forth. You can really simply find so many things to be happy about, to be grateful for, to be thankful of, and I would venture to say that there are many, many, many more things to be thankful for and grateful for than there are to be upset at and um, and mad at and angry over. But we have a tendency for some reason to, fa- to focus on the things that we don't like. And in that, it becomes the object of our attention. And in giving it our attention, it's all we start to see in our lives. And then it's like the whole saying goes, like attracts like. So if you're looking at things that you don't like, you're going to notice you're going to have an eye that now picks out of the whole crowd. It's like looking for Waldo. Waldo is the minority by far, but your eye has been trained to see this minority. 
and now you're seeing negative where and and you're having to look for it really when most people are seeing all the good things you're searching through that haystack to find that one little needle that exists in this haystack of love and because that's what you're wanting to see that's what you're seeing and perpetuates and your eye just focuses right on it wherever you look and you can change that focus by just simply deciding to look for the good in, in situations and if you can't find the good in a negative situation then just again look at something around you that's positive think of your loving parents think of your wonderful kids think of your wonderful mate think of the fact that you're breathing and that you're having a mind that can think of these things and, and that you have a body that can experience these things you can simply just go to any of these simple little practical things that can help you to start training your eye to see better things. And then that will start perpetuating. And then trying to find that little needle in the haystack will be almost impossible. And it would take you so long to find that needle now that you would be wasting your time trying to look for it. It almost disappears. And this is something I'm talking about eventually. But it does come this way by your desire. And so simply desiring to see those wonderful things and being attentive towards it and being, um, you know, not giving up and just moving in that direction, it will be the norm in your life eventually. Yes, yes. When I find that I'm in a situation where I, I, I can feel the feelings of, of competition coming up, I try to nip it in the bud really quickly. And I, I, just some things that I do, my friends, because most of the time I, I find that I am in a place of peace, is I will look for something. If I cannot do it with breathing, and most of the time I can, that I will just take three deep breaths and let go and just say, you know, whatever will work out for you. Let, let's see if we can work out what will work for you. And letting go of my ego need to be a part of someone else's definition of what's right. You know, and maybe that's part of my training as a lawyer, the ability, because I'm here to serve a pro- provide a product, kind of an invisible person. I know you'd find that hard to believe for attorneys. But really, our job is we're the ultimate servant. We're here to help our clients have what they need and desire. And um, so one thing is I try three deep breaths. When I uh, am in a situation where my mind has latched on to something, and Guy, I know I think I have a friend out there listening this morning who knows that there was a time when I wasn't letting my mind unlatch. I would let it unlatch for a little, and then it would just grab back on. And I was always the maltreated person, and it was awful. And I was—I have to admit to you, my friend out there, I was engaged in some pretty god-awful reactions to uh, behavior that I perceived was coming to me and which empathically I knew was on some level coming to me. But the reason it was coming to me in part was because of my part in the formula. Looking at my part does not mean that I don't love myself. Maybe it means I love myself enough to change. But during those times, uh, I've reached a place now where I can tell you, I can say, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I just don't want to feel this way. It's been enough. And and normally I can't anymore. I, I have to tell you, I think six hours is about the max I can allow my mind to tear something up and tear me up and tear others up. I get caught up in this, then the, uh, what people, what's that OCD stuff, you know, obsessive compulsive um, discussions I call them I don't think I have the disorder but I definitely probably do the discussions I imagine many of you do and where I rework something and rework it and rework it number one my friends that's the signal to me I have come to recognize that's the signal if I'm reworking it (laughs) if I'm having to revisit the event at all then that's the signal I'm about ready to get involved in obsessive compulsive thinking if I'm smart enough to recognize that then I will tell you a trick I learned a long time ago that really works and that is that as the person's name starts to come into my mind I send that person everything I want for myself 
happiness, safety, security, uh, prosperity, uh, whatever it is that I've defined for myself. I can't define for you. That's, that's what I do when I recognize. And normally I've been in an obsessive period for a while if I get to the stage where I'm starting to recognize that closely. But generally it's a feeling thing. And I'll just say, you know what, God, I don't want to feel this way. I just won't feel this way, so I'm going to give this up. And and when I say that, just those words, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it's not. I haven't trained myself. It's miraculous. I let it go. I hand it over to the to the the all, the great I am, and I try to look in moments so that I don't ever get there to something that's beautiful in the room. I have never been in a room that didn't have something that was beautiful. Something that wasn't just brimming with love that I couldn't attach my eyes to it and from that pull the energy and feel better. And um, I used to write about that a lot on my blog over on Zanga, but right now sitting here today, uh, I'm I'm sitting in a rather small room off my bedroom and, and I'm looking at a bamboo that is just really, really beautiful and the light is shining in and the leaves are glistening. And you need to refocus your minds at times, my friends. We all need to refocus our minds at times. Sometimes you can catch it right away and you can refocus your mind by looking at, at sometimes by breathing and just just reaching out from the end of your breaths in, in kindness. Sometimes by refocusing your mind on something that's beautiful in the the room and away from judgment. Sometimes by stopping a thought because there's they've actually done studies in ten seconds before the thought hits your brain, you know it's coming. It's kind of like a train. It's coming down the tracks and you can hear the whistle coming. Well, you know it's coming. And at that point, you can send positive thoughts. And I want to reiterate that one because I've told it before. If there's a person over whom you are think you are thinking about so much, um, see, to me, the difference between people who have been diagnosed as obsessive-compulsive and those who have not is those who have not have not admitted it. I think all human beings tend to obsess. Um, and so if you're thinking until you're, you don't, until you're able to stop yourself. So that person's mind comes into your mind, or name comes into your mind, bam, you feel it there. And, and it's generally negative, but you give yourself permission to obsess over positive and negative, my friends. But the minute the person's mind, you realize they're coming down the track before the thought gets fully formed, send them good wishes. But if it gets formed, send them good wishes anyway. You will find that in the first minute you will do that multiple, multiple times. And and then probably in the first hour you will do it multiple times. You will do it less than the hour after that. And by four days, you probably won't be thinking about that person again. And I guarantee if you use this system, you never will again think about them in a negative term obsessively. They will simply be a name. They will never again be able to take over your thoughts and cause you dis-ease. So there's some practical things that you can do and in conjunction with the things that Brian talked about in terms of the gratitudes, being appreciative and thankful for the things that you have in life. With that, uh, Brian, I'm going to ask you to lead us on a gratitude meditation and um, centering exercise. And I'm trying to look here at what music to use. Um, I need to reload music. We're losing all of our music because I don't use it often enough. Um, let's let's go with Randy Lee Church, uh, Church and Wine. Randy Lee Church and Wine this morning as you lead us in a, in a centering exercise. Is, that a good, is this a good time for you, Brian, or did you want to say something before I start? No, this is fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And just to go with what Mara was saying there a little bit, at the end is that I've heard this saying that I just thought was poignant, very poignant to what she was saying. And that is, why give someone else free rent 
in your thoughts. We can be so compulsive in what we're thinking about other people's actions, other people's behaviors, that we've forgotten who we are in that process because we're obsessing over something else or even obsessing over a word that we said or behaviors that we displayed that we're not happy with in this moment. And as we remain in the compulsive thoughts and feelings and staying in that place, we are renting out our minds for free to someone who can't pay because it's in the past. It's not real any longer. So as we then say, okay, I'm leaving my mind vacant now and I'm going to allow a renter to come in who can pay dividends now. And that's by being in this moment and being you because you're the only one in this moment who can pay yourself dividends in your life. And when I say that, again, it's about being the observer in the moment and not judging yourself all the time with every action but rather when you find yourself immersed in the moment, you can find yourself responding properly in each moment as the moment arises. That's not something that you have to think about doing. It's something that will come out of you, if you will, just by putting yourself in that place. So that's what I want the meditation to be about today. And so as we go into this meditation, I ask you to get comfortable in whatever position is most comfortable for you. And I want you to keep in mind as we go into this meditation that relaxation and comfortability are the main aspects to this meditation. So the way you breathe or the way you sit or whatever position is comfortable for you is most important because in your relaxation and being comfortable, it allows you to be free and open to because when you are agitated or anger or aggressive you are tight in your muscles and you are tight all in throughout your body and you can feel that tension all throughout your body and that's not letting love flow that's not letting energy flow to where it needs to go to allow you to heal it's like that prayer that I was saying at the beginning is that I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Basically saying, I will let go of my past actions and other people's past actions. And I will be free in this moment to act accordingly to what's appropriate now, knowing that what I did earlier or maybe what someone else did wasn't appropriate in that moment. So by knowing that, I will not of taking that action once again. And so as we see our past mistakes, we can realize that just by noticing them and by labeling them as a mistake, we now realize that that's no longer what we want to partake in. And so it's a beautiful gift to realize that. And just by coming into awareness of that and aligning yourself with that, it then becomes a part of you. And it's not something you have to think about not doing. You just naturally don't do it anymore because it becomes a part of you. And so in this prayer, we're going to connect ourselves with peace, with joy, and with love, realizing that we are actually better people now because of our, quote, mistakes. And so we're going to be actually grateful for those, quote, mistakes that are actually our greatest teachers becoming the people that we are now and as we go forward from there just becoming observant in our daily life we can then extend that learning into the future if you will becoming a better person and it keeps going because life is about expansion and you expand every time you change a negative pattern into a positive pattern that's what expansion is because again it's opening yourself up to have the love flow 
so in this meditation we're going to be expanding in love. So now I want you to close your eyes and begin breathing again, whatever is most comfortable for you, whether that be into the nose or out of the nose, or into the nose and out of the mouth. Taking care to breathe deeper with each inhalation and exhalation. Giving your focus and your attention to your breath. Merging with it. Focusing on it. Becoming one with it. Visualizing yourself as your breath. As your lungs that receive this breath. Taking it in and feeling yourself expand as you take it in. And then as you let it out, realizing that all you're letting it out, you're still expanding. Because this is also a necessary step to life. Giving and receiving. And every time you give and receive with love, you're expanding. So as you take another breath in, expanding, and you give it to another, expanding some more, you might begin to realize that all of life is about expansion. And love's only function is to expand. And as we align ourselves with love and expansion, all healing takes place. Because healing is not changing something that was to something that wasn't. It's rather recognizing that was never had to be. And just in that recognition, what was falls away. And what has always been a perfect healthy body or a perfect healthy mind or a perfect perfect healthy emotional space shows itself on the surface. It just floats up to the top without any effort. We allow what was not real to fall away. And we are all perfect and healthy, just as we are, always have been. But we thought otherwise. And so love just helps us to see the truth in every moment. And the truth in every moment is that everyone and everything is perfect. And if we're seeing it otherwise, it's because we're looking for the we're looking and finding the little needle in the haystack. That actually isn't a problem. But because we judge it as a problem and focus on it, that needle is what expands rather than the haystack. And so as we step back from our judgment and see from an observer standpoint the haystack we realize that the haystack is actually all there is and the haystack is not only all there is but it's huge in its enormity and it's infinite in its, in its existence and by realizing and focusing on that truth, we begin to see it everywhere, in all things. And we begin to see the equality in all things. And although love is made up of this haystack, every strip of hay is unique in its own way. But yet, it is still part of the haystack. And it is still one with this haystack. And it's equal to this haystack. And if you take out a piece of this hay from the haystack, a little strip of it, it would not change the fact that the haystack is all there is. But it would stop the haystack or the rest of the strips of hay in the haystack from experiencing its full self. 
within each piece of strip, it's full and complete. But the full completeness of the haystack could not be experienced by all strips of the haystack because one haystack decided to separate it from the rest. And simply by realizing and recognizing, hey, everywhere that you look, you begin to see yourself once again. And you begin to align yourself once again. And you begin to jump in with both feet, head first, into a land of hay, a land of love. And you see that that is all there is. And you reunite, reunite yourself with all others in this perfect land of love just by coming to this awareness. Now with this that I've shared with you, as we continue to breathe into the nose and out of the nose, I want you to just sit with this for a few minutes, realizing, remembering, reconnecting with the truth of all of life, that life is love and love is God. Let's unite our thoughts for just a moment. We only have a few moments left in the show. But I invite you all to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you envision God to be, of love. Feel your hand warm up with the knowledge that you are never alone. God is there everywhere you are there. You don't have to solve a problem alone. You don't have to enjoy a moment alone. You are always all one. And God is as close. Love is as close as reaching out your right hand. And when you think about God or your left hand, whatever your dominant hand is, when you think about God as love and you use that word instead. It changes your approach to love. It, it changes the focus. Love, damn it, kind of points the finger back at you, doesn't it? Love judges all. Even if God were judging God, that would change the attitude of it. As you go forth this week, think of God as love. Change your focus and think in terms of you. Being a part of God. Accept the challenge to lead in Let's be revolutionaries. Revolutionaries of love. Brian, uh, we have just a few minutes left here. It's been a glorious show. Yes. Yes, it has. It has. Yes, it has. In fact, I'm going to play this wonderful little piece as we're going out called Myself. Uh, It's untitled Myself, Hello Light. And... um, I love this one. <laughs> I don't want him to take it away. <laughs> oh, yes, so you have to play it so that they... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's a, actually a very appropriate song at this moment because, although well, maybe what we talked about was a little profound for some, but again, like I was mentioning, is that love and life is very practical. And so taking the time to... Do a little dance and be in the moment, be happy, and share that with others is even a way of, of sharing love. And Absolutely. I love I'm walking in my chair right now, back and forth to the beat of the Me song. too. 
<laughs> Me too. Hello, light. Take care, my friends. Peace be with you until next Friday uh, morning for meditation. Brian, uh, peace be with you. Peace be with you, Mara, and all you listeners. Thank you for being here. Namaste. Namaste.